What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks show. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Hello, hello out there, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in the sexy city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is Tuesday, June the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is, if, if, if eight is your lucky number today, by golly, our show episode number is going to be your lucky show. This is episode 888 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, unfortunately, will not be joining me today for the birthday game. Uh, another technical snafu that uh, we experienced uh, last week, and uh, they'll be back later on this week, I promise. Uh, and we'll even go through some birthday game stuff here uh, in my monologue and, and let you know who's... Uh, Who's uh, had a birthday today? Who had a birthday yesterday? And uh, who won those birthday games? Believe me, they're they're out there in the ether somewhere. We recorded them and they uh, just uh, disappeared into the into the nether regions. But uh, man, I missed you guys yesterday. And you're gonna have to uh, uh, please have patience with me today. I am. Uh, I don't know what is going on with my voice. Well, I kind of have an idea. I did call about twenty games in four days at the uh, East Coast Invitational over the weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday were the craziest, I guess, about 12, 13 games those two days. So uh, have, I just have a little patience with me today. Uh, like I said, the voice is, uh, the, the voice is at about, uh, I don't know, about 70%. Man, it was at 30% yesterday. So, uh, I did miss you guys yesterday. I hope you missed me too. Hope you missed me as much as I missed you, Keith Spence and Pam Sheffield and, uh, all my, and Greg Clemens and all my friends out there and everybody who listens to the Brian Hanks show. Goodness gracious. Okay. Hey, we've got another great show for you today. Joining us in the first hour. He's a news director of the Carteret County news times at Carolina coast online.com. He's our NBA and hoops expert, it's our good friend Richard Clark. And uh, even after last week's NBA draft, there have been several moves. Uh, man, we had a trade last night, uh, late last night. John Collins, former uh, Wake Forest star, Atlanta Hawks player, uh, being traded, it looks like, to uh, uh, being traded to Denver. We'll get uh, more details about that from him, uh, from uh, Richard, as we uh, – as we, uh, Talk about that. And I tell you what, <clears throat> let me, uh, let me, uh, I, I've, I've got, I'm going to have to have a sip of something here. This is uh it's going to be a hard morning here. Uh, Linda is, uh, confusing me. My, uh, <laughs> our executive producer. <sighs> so is the show on or is it off the air? Linda Whittington. She says it's now it's back on. Okay, good. 
Good, good, good. Okay, uh, listen, Richard Clark here in our first hour as we uh, will be uh, talking about Wimbayana, as we will be uh, talking about, uh, and I'm sorry, I told you wrong, uh, Collins is going to be going to, uh, John Collins is going to be going to the Utah Jazz. Uh, for Rudy Gay, that's going to be a, uh, that's a, that's a pretty good trade there too. But Rich and I will be talking about all that, uh, here in about 15 minutes or so in our second hour, we're going to be joined by uh, one of the best athletes to ever wear the green and gold of Kenston high school, uh, Angelo keys. He was scheduled to be with us yesterday, but when we had to, uh, postpone everything, uh, he, uh, graciously agreed join us today. Now he's not even in Kinston. He is in Texas right now. He's in, I believe in Katy, Texas or somewhere. We'll find out for sure where he's at. But, uh, Angelo keys, man, one of my favorite guys that I've ever covered, uh, two sport may, I think he may have even ran track at Kinston high school. So, uh, I know he was a big time football star at Kinston high. He played on a couple of state champions, uh, in basketball. He helped lead the uh, team to the 2011, uh, state championship game in football and uh, just one of the great guys man but along with his brother denzel former repaired academy head basketball coach chris brown and a young man named sean key the four of them have started a new video podcast called the war room i watched uh, a little bit of it last night pretty much caught the rest of it today and uh it's good you need to go check it out now it's spelled weird and i don't know i'm not gonna pick on him about this but uh, they left an r out it's supposed to be the war room but when they combine it all together, it's the Warum. So like Varum, but with a W. But it's good. I'm just picking. It's good. It's really good. You can find it on YouTube, either if you're friends with him on Facebook, and I know a lot of you are. You can follow his link there, or you can just go to YouTube and uh, and check it out there too. And it's for, like I said, it's good. It's very entertaining. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but go to uh, it's the War Room Podcast. W-A-R-O-O-M podcast. And uh, the very first episode, what they did was they they uh, drafted from current players in the NBA who they would pick. And I got to tell you, uh, Sean Key uh, chose uh, Rudy Gobert as his number one. He was had the number one pick overall, and he picked Rudy Gobert. I got to tell you. Uh, and that's the only spoiler I'll give because you need to listen to the whole thing. But I, I got to tell you, I got to question that. We'll ask Angelo about that, too, uh, here uh, when he joins us in the second hour. But we're going to go down memory lane with Angelo. We're going to talk about the, that podcast, and we're going to talk about just, uh, just catch up with him. And uh, like I said, go down memory lane. I, I love these. That's one of the things Linda and I have talked about is that we're going to try to do more of these um, as uh, as the year goes along or as the show goes along. Thank you, Linda Whittington. Um, but we're going to go back and look and visit with some of these athletes from yesteryear. Uh, we just had a, a lot of fun with it over, uh, over the last little bit. What well, we had uh, Shannon Plymouth on last week. Uh, and this week we're having, uh, or today we're having Angelo keys on, uh, we're going to have Marquise grant back on later on this week too. So, uh, like I said, just lots and lots and lots of fun there, but that's not all, uh, following, uh, like the college world series championship last night, following last night's 18 to four route of Florida, LSU wins the college world series, two games to one. And if you remember back on April 6th, so just, uh, what, two and a half months ago, Three April, May, June, July, May, June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two and a half months ago, uh, back on April sixth, and also thanks to son of Kenson Scott Whittington, we had an interview with LSU star 
and College World Series MVP Paul Skeens. And a very nice uh, interview, too. We're going to replay that interview at the end of the second hour today. So there you go. Uh, and, uh, and show runner, show uh, intern, son of Kenston, Sweet Pea, uh, all the nicknames he has. Uh, he's going to work to uh, get us Paul Skeens back on the show again, too, uh, before the Major League Baseball draft. So uh, maybe it might even be a little bit after that, but we're going to try to get him back on. But you're going to get to listen to that April 6th interview as we'll replay that uh, in the second half of our second hour. So Richard Clark here in the first hour, Angelo keys, Paul Skeens here in the second hour. We're going to have a bunch of fun on today's show. Let me get you caught up on everything. Since we were out of action here, uh, yesterday, one thing I do, uh, I, you know, late last week, or I guess it was middle of last week, uh, Junius Smith, the third's parents have, uh, started to go fund me. And if you remember $11,000 raised on the first day and it was man, a lot of you listening. I know uh, I saw Pam Sheffield made a, uh, a, a nice contribution. I saw that, uh, Spence automotive key Spence and Spence automotive did. So a lot of you folks did, uh, made, uh, made a donation to, uh, Junius's GoFundMe. Uh, as of starting the show today, $16,636 raised so far. I, I'm blown away. Let me tell you something. I talk to his mom and dad, if not every day, there's never, there's not been two days that don't go by that I've not communicated with them. They've texted me or I've talked to them. They are blown away. Uh, and most of that $16,636 has come, <clears throat> has come from Kinston and, uh, Lenore County, Green County, this neck of the woods. They are blown away. I am blown away when Junius is able to acknowledge all this. I know he's going to be blown away too, just by the love that's been shown by the, the folks here in Kenson. I know, and I've talked to other people too. I think uh, Matt Beam and Parent Academy are thinking about doing a fundraiser. Or I was approached about that. I know other people have. Uh, Aiden Grifton, uh, volleyball coach, uh, Nicole Waters. I know uh, she was talking about doing a, or had hinted about doing a uh, fundraiser. And uh, as these, organizations as these teams do to uh, help Junius out with his uh, medical bills. And he is going to need some help with his medical bills. That's for sure. Uh, I will let you know, we will share it here. We'll get the, we'll get the people up here on the show that are doing the, uh, we'll get people that are doing these to come on the show with us. And we will, uh, we'll let you know all about that. But uh, man, Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm giving you a big hug through the radio right now, uh, in Lenora County and everybody that loves Junius. Uh, and he is slowly improving. He is, uh, they are for the first time since he, and today is the four, the five week anniversary or anniversary, but the five weeks since he had brain surgery and they are, uh, taking him to a step down room. He's not going to be in intensive care anymore. Uh, he's been in the, uh, neonatal or well, not neonatal, uh, the, uh, whatever for, uh, like brain surgery and stuff like that, uh, has been in their intensive care for five weeks. He is going to a step down room and, uh, I, and since his parents released, I don't mind putting it out there. He's at Duke university in Durham. Uh, and just, uh, man, just, uh, it's a tough time, tough time for him and his family right now, but slowly, slowly showing improvement. And that is the best news is that he, uh, uh, has uh, been taken out of intensive care for the first time in five weeks. So that is great news. Keep throwing the prayers up there. Uh, he needs them. He needs them. His family needs them too. But again, 
If you've not given yet, I'm probably, if you go to my Facebook page, it's uh, pinned at the top of my Facebook page, uh, the GoFundMe link, how you can go there, you can make a donation, you can help him out and help his family out, and I know they truly, truly do appreciate that. Okay, how about East Coast Invitational, man? Uh, as I said, that is the reason why I don't have a voice right now is uh, all the uh, all the, the calls I made that week, and I'm telling you, just had a blast, man. It, it was a really good time, and uh, congratulations to Farmville Central uh, for winning the uh, overall tourney championship. Uh, they went undefeated. Uh, they look good, man, I'm telling you. And I know a lot of y'all are wondering, well, how did Kenston look? Well, let me tell you, uh, Kenston played really well, too. They had a good run in it. Uh, they ended up uh, – now, there's four tiers to the uh, East Coast Invitational. Uh, there's uh, 32 teams, four pools, and what Wells does down there, and you know, Wells Gullage, the uh, – the uh, founder, the architect, everything at the East Coast Invitational. What he does with that is uh, they have uh, four pools of eight teams each, and then uh, the teams finish, of course, one through eight with that, and then the teams that are that finish first and second in each pool, they are uh, in the top uh, bracket play when it comes to, when it gets to the playoffs. Uh, the second one is third and fourth place teams. Third is fifth and sixth, and then the fourth. Uh, tournament play is with the seventh and eighth place teams. Well, Kenston ended up in the uh, third and fourth place pool and made it to the semifinals of their pool. So uh, a good run. I believe they went five and four, uh, maybe even six and four uh, over the weekend. They were in the hardest pool in the whole thing. I can tell you that too. But uh, Kenston looked good. I mean, taking on four uh, A teams like Southeast Raleigh and other squads too. Uh, unfortunately they didn't get a chance to play Farmville. I was hoping to get to see, uh, Kenson take on Farmville, uh, in the ECI. They, they weren't able to do it, but I got to tell you, man, Farmville central, Larry Williford and Farmville central. They, uh, <laughs> I'm just shaking my head right now. They are good again. I mean, they have, uh, they've got a program that it is definitely a program. They are not a, I don't have to tell you this, have them having been to the state championship game five years in a row, winning four of them. Uh, the Jaguars look good, man. And they were the scary team all weekend. They were the team that everybody came and watched, uh, every time Farmville was on the court, it didn't matter if they were playing over at Jacksonville commons or, uh, Jacksonville high school, Northside Jacksonville or Jacksonville commons, middle school, uh, Farmville had a good crew following them around everywhere. And for good reason, uh, like I said, they went, uh, what, I guess seven and oh in pool play. Then they won. All three of their games, their closest game was in the championship game. Uh, they they won by seven points in the championship game over Richmond County High School, who was undefeated themselves. It was a good championship game because it was the last two teams that were undefeated in the entire East Coast Invitational. It was just neat how that ended up. And uh, even though uh, Farville won 68-61 in the championship game, it wasn't even that close. Uh, listen, <sighs> Kenston's going to be good again this year. And, man, I got to tell you, Keyshawn Herring, uh, the rising freshman, Jamarian Washington, the uh, other rising freshman, these kids are going to be uh, making contributions here on this team. But uh, the Sanders twins, they look good. Isaiah Parson just uh, – he's already had two years of varsity experience, and he's only a junior. Man, he is a sharpshooter, I'm telling you. He handles the ball well and – 
is a pretty good sharpshooter too. Uh, it's going to be a good team. That's going to be a different team for the Kansas Vikings in that it's a, it's a smaller team. Uh, you know, we're used to having Horace Smith, what, the previous three years, 6'7 or 6'8 in the middle. Uh, we don't have that this year. The tallest player on the team this year is 6'3 unless we get some – unless somebody transfers in or I know we had a couple of injuries uh, in the offseason and uh, a couple of players <clears throat> unable to uh, – to play this weekend, but I don't even think there's a ton of height there. It's going to be a small team. It's going to be a quick team. It's going to be a team that pushes the ball. And, uh, I, and again, I'm excited. I'm very excited. The only negative is, uh, that team that plays about 25 miles away over in Farmville. <laughs> They're good. That's all I got to say, man. I mean, I know I've been asked a lot since I got back and even messaging and, uh, all that. Listen, Farmville Central is doggone good again, man. And they're sort of like Kinston in the way that there's not a lot of size on that team. They uh, they are a uh, they're a small team, but you talk about running and getting up and down the court. They remind me, and not and don't get it twisted. It's not like Farmville's not done that in the past several years, but uh, they are uh, they're quick. They're very very quick. They remind me of that Concord team that Kenston lost to back in 2007 uh, in the state championship, that uh, they get a rebound, and, and transition is literally a three-second transition, sometimes less than that, and they're inta- they attack the basket on every possession. I mean, they are just amazing. Farmville is going to be really, really good again this year. I think Kenston's going to be good. Now, they're going to be young. They're going to be small. But uh, I think the Vikings are going to be all right. They'll have another 20-win season. I just uh, I fear when they run up against uh, Farmville again. Got to tell you, another team I was pretty impressed with, even though they didn't have all the wins. They had a lot of close games, though, but was first flight. You know, I'm so used to seeing first flight shooting. You know, uh, their goal is to shoot 53-pointers in a game. They didn't do that at all this weekend. In fact, I bet they didn't shoot more than 20, 22 free, or three-pointers in a game uh, all weekend long. But it's because they've got a center now. They've got a six-eight center who is tough. I mean, he is very tough. And I know that uh, Chad Williams, uh, the head coach at First Flight, was is incorporating him into the offense. And I think he was on the team last year, but he looks like a completely different player this year than he did last year. But uh, a fun time at the ECI. If you missed it, then you missed some really good basketball. Uh, some great basketball there. Okay, uh, a day later than usual, the Downey Wood Ducks are going to start a six-game home series with the hated Carolina Mudcats tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Now, they're doing this because, uh, in fact, they're going to play 12 straight days in a row. As you know, that what usually the Wood Ducks do is they play Tuesday through Sunday, uh, whether it's a six-game series on the road, whether it's a six-game series at home. But with the July 4th falling a uh, week from today, next Tuesday, they're going to uh, – uh, they are going to, yes, Mr. Clemens, you're right. I do need to throw out a shout out to, uh, the Swansboro Pirates or for the second year in a row, they won their bracket championship and it is going to be the Pirates look good of Swansboro. Thank you. I'm sorry. Let me get back to the wood ducks now, but you're right. I should have mentioned that about Swansboro. They did look good and they won their bracket championship, uh, Sunday too. Okay. Back to the wood ducks. So since, uh, we're going to be on the road on July 4th, they, all the teams in the Carolina league are starting their game. They, they got a two days off, uh, yesterday and today. And then they start tomorrow. It's a six game series at home against, uh, the Carolina, the hated Carolina Mudcats. So they can have a fireworks show on Monday, July the 3rd over at Granger stadium. Now, tomorrow's going to be winning a wine Wednesday. We're also going to have uh, John Clemens here on the show with us tomorrow. 
Thursday is Thirsty Thursday. Friday is Mother Earth Friday. The City Edition jersey giveaway is on Saturday. And, folks, you are going to want to get that jersey. It is beautiful. It's Dogs and Dogs Day on Sunday. And then the 4th of July fireworks show will be on Sunday. Or, I'm sorry, on Monday, July the 3rd. For tickets, go to woodducksbaseball.com or visit the team's box office at Historic Granger Stadium. The Kenston Wingman. They won yesterday. I believe they're now their, their standings uh, indicate that they are now seven and eight overall. They're in fourth place out of the five teams in the Old North State League Eastern Division. Uh, with the victory yesterday against the Clo- Clayton Clovers, they have a busy week to, uh, uh, this week. They play at Fayetteville today, at Marion Wednesday, at River City Friday, at Oak City on Saturday. How's that? Four road games in a row. They're finally back on uh, Sunday against the Brunswick Surf and Turfs. And that game will be at 5 o'clock at LCC. Uh, American Legion, post 43, uh, they were no hit by Wilson. Listen, I want to thank uh, our good friend Ty Eason, the head baseball coach for American Legion 43, for these updates. Really do appreciate him. But uh, they were no hit last night by Wilson, who is 11 and 1. That puts, uh, that means uh, Kinston, post 43, they're now 1 and 4 in conference play. They play their final conference game today at Pitt Community College against Pitt County. Then they have games at Kinston High School against Wayne on Thursday and then at Wilmington Laney on Saturday. And then the College World Series, as we was telling you, as we were telling you earlier, won by LSU last night. Uh, and Paul Skeens, uh, a replay of an interview we did with Paul Skeens will be part of our second hour. Hey, want to thank uh, our uh, title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. It is Lenore Community College. We uh, thank them. They've been on board as our title sponsor pretty much since the beginning. Uh, For more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit their beautiful, one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. And again, thank you to Richie Honeycutt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. And as promised, joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, he is the news director of the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's our NBA and hoops expert. Uh, it's Richard Clark joining us. And Richard, how do your shoulders feel this morning, buddy? Wow, I'm good. Go, what's up? <laughs> you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to carry my 228 pound self this morning. That's why, dude. Uh, okay. <laughs> dude, I don't know if you know or not. I, I didn't have a voice yesterday as a result of calling 20 games in four days at the East coast invitational upon further <laughs> review, that probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> and dude woke hey, up. I, I offered to help. You I, did. You uh, did. And I just got, got involved with everything and time got away from me. And you know, and I, and I think I thought about it around noon. I was like, I wonder what Tom rich is getting here. And then, uh, I'm talking about on Saturday cause you were going to come and right. then, uh, and then it hit me about four or five. I was like, you know, did you message him and tell him what time to come? And then you hit me up Sunday morning. was like, uh, well, I guess you didn't need me. I'm like, ah. dude, you know, I'm a dumb ass, man. I, ooh, ooh. You know, I'm a dumb person, man. I, uh, uh, just so everybody knows he ghosted me. So, 
I did. <laughs> but you should have hit me up, dude. You should have said, hey, man, what time? And I would have been I on. did. I hit you up Friday morning. And then you said, I'll get back to you when I get the schedule. And so I didn't want to, you know, I figured, well. <laughs> well, it was unintentional. I mean, dude, it, it may have felt, you know, it may have felt like ghosting on your side, but it definitely wasn't, man. As I got there, well, I'll tell you what happened. Went to a wedding. Uh, and by the way, need to uh, congratulate uh, Luke and Cameron Stonacker for, man, I got to tell you, dude, I've been, and I know you have too. We're, we're men of a certain generation. You remember what our 20s and 30s were like when all our buddies were getting married. And I don't know how many weddings you were in, but I was in probably four or five and then went to probably, I don't even know, 12 to 15 weddings in my 20s and 30s, probably more than that, to be honest. I got to tell you, man, went to the, and is in your old stomping grounds. You used to live in Wilmington. Remember when you lived in Wilmington for a couple of years? Yeah. It was yeah. this place called, oh, shoot. Linda, let me know what the play, that venue was called. But anyway, it was a nice venue. But, dude, we their dinner for uh, Luke and Cameron Stonacker, I got to tell you this, man. They didn't have one entree for the dinner. They didn't have two entrees for the dinner. Richard Clark, dude, as, as a fellow, well, you're, you like to call yourself fat. You're not fat. But uh, as a fellow fat boy like myself, man, dude, they had three entrees, man. Nice. Three. And I nice. mean, it, it was not just, you know, like hot dogs and, and water or anything like that. I mean, dude, it was awesome. Wow. Man. Hot dogs at a wedding. <laughs> I've been at a wedding that had hot dogs for a wedding. You haven't been? You haven't? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> without, giving say, anything, without giving anything away, it was funny because the, let's call it most elegant wedding I've ever been to was back-to-back with probably the most ghetto <laughs> wedding I've ever been to. And so the stark contrast was like, wow, like in one, I'm literally drinking Dom Perignon out of the bottle <laughs> with the groom with the groom's dad, and then the, at a very nice venue with an ice sculpture. And the next one's like at a VFW in the country, you know. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> dude! I went a buddy. Where they of got mine. plastic tablecloths and stuff. Oh, I know, dude. No, and no offense to anybody that's got that. I'm, you know I'm the you know the odds are going to dictate that somehow that's going to get back to the person who had that wedding, right? Well, they're divorced now, so I don't think it matters. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Dude, if we did a batting average of all those weddings we went to in, when we were in our 20s and 30s, like I said, Rich and I are men of a certain generation. We're only, what, a few months apart in age. And uh, when you think about it, dude, I'm sitting here doing the math in my head right now. Well, let, let me tell you this. Okay. So if you would meet me and Gwen separately and Gwen's friends and all that, and my friends, at least, you know, the ones in – my boys from school <laughs> you would you would look at her friends and think oh these are nice guys nice people and then you look at my boys and think they're straight up um douchebags for lack of a better word yeah all her friends have been divorced all of them <laughs> none of my friends have oh been divorced they're God. all still with the same girl they married when they finally decided to get married they're all still with the same one so i, I stand by that to this day and i haven't been divorced although <laughs> I also haven't been to the plate. So. You also not stepped up to the plate with the bat in your hand either, though. Right, dude. That is. A, hey, by the way, how long? Hitters. How long? Well, no, no, no. How long you and uh, the beautiful, lovely Gwen? How long have you guys been together? Um, I, I think seven years, but she's gonna tell me I'm wrong, and it's probably more like eight <laughs> or nine. I'm usually off. When, um, when are you going to make yeah. an honest woman of that? Uh, that that and she oh, is, we're, she's we're, beautiful. But as we both would agree, on my side and on your side, we have 
women who are much better than we deserve. Would you not agree with that? Oh, no question. She's a much better person than I am. Yeah. Uh, she's your key to heaven, much like uh, Linda's my key to heaven, right? Well, yeah, but she <laughs> even Gwen's good-natured singer is probably where you get me in. But, yeah. <laughs> Dude, she hey, definitely makes me a better person. That's the best way I can say it. That is how I feel about Linda, too. Hey, Bakery 105, have you heard of that? It's in downtown uh, Wilmington. Uh, yeah, I have. I Dude, have. a very nice venue. Lots of old brick. It's in one of those old, I guess I'm assuming it's an old bakery that was in downtown. I mean, it is in downtown Wilmington. It's only like two streets over from the waterfront. Uh, but, man, a gorgeous venue. Uh, and like I said, I'm not one of those people. Ah, what am I saying? Yes, I am one of those people that like to guess what was spent on the wedding and everything, dude. And I'm oh, telling yeah, you, dude, this lot. was one of the. Oh, dude, come on. First, that. Well, venue. you know, if, did you hear the pod where Bill and them were talking about Kyle's wedding? And yes, Bill yes, said yes. something. He said something that I, looking back, was like, yeah, that's some pretty good stuff. You know, they, they talk about when you first get out of school or whatever and you have all these weddings. And at that point, they're really pretty different than going to wedding now at your RH. Yeah. Um, as you know, and he was saying, if you, if you, if you're getting married young or whatever, and you're one of the first couple, you ought to just step back and let somebody else have the first couple weddings. So everybody can kind of get in their groove. Cause the first one is off the hook because everybody's coming back from, you know, people they went to college with, they hadn't yep. seen yep. and all that sort of thing. And I was thinking to myself, Absolutely, 100%. Because the first two weddings I went to out of East Carolina were ridiculous. I mean, they were ridiculous. They were like three-day parties <laughs> at a Lollapalooza or something. <laughs> well, dude, you're and, not wrong because it's well, – now, my difference was uh, – now, you, you were closer to the people you went to college with. I really wasn't, dude. I was a commuter. You know, I wasn't a, a frat right, boy or right. anything like that. I wasn't – I admittedly, I mean, because I worked, too, when I was in college, so I didn't really get close to people. I guess Drew's different. You know, you, you and I are mutual friends with Drew Loftus. I was pretty good friends with him when we went to school together, but – Tell you what, dude, honestly, outside of Drew, I really wasn't that close to anybody. Most of you know, the weddings I'm talking about were uh, high school friends, you know, guys I played ball right, with and right. that kind of stuff. And those are the weddings that exactly, man, you're right. I remember the first wedding. It was, like you said, uh, it was a three day affair. It was a Thursday for everybody flew uh, in or came in on Thursday. The big probably this. Go ahead. Second or third wedding I went to out of college was in Belize. Oh, my God. Belize? Yeah. Let's just say I needed like a week off when I got back. <laughs> it was it was insane. I, I mean, I you know, you could have plucked the marriage part out and, and you know, and said, okay, nobody actually got married. Y'all just came down here to party. <laughs> um, and I would have believed it because I vaguely even remember the actual wedding ceremony. Dude, that is so awesome. That's a Bullock Island, dude, right outside of Belize, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that's awesome. But, uh, but just back to this, I've got Luke and Cameron, man, Stonacker, uh, man, Harry Cagle was there, friend of the show, Harry Cagle. He loves listening to the show. Uh, the Stonackers who listen every day, thank you to them. Uh, it, dude, it was fun, man. I got to tell you, dude, uh, now I, I wore a suit, okay? I mean, I didn't wear a tie, but I wore a suit. And I wore my uh, my my low my low top uh, shiny Air Force One uh, or not Air Force One but my shiny uh, Jordan Ones, dude. Uh, uh, I gotta tell you, man, uh, I got a lot of comments, dude. Uh, you gotta like it when the kids walk up and they're like, 
oh man, sweet shoes. So, you know, my head was only about, you know, three times the size that it already, you know, the, the large watermelon that it already is, you know? Well, I, I'm strictly sweatsuits <laughs> now. So, Even to know, a wedding? I wear, I, I, it depended on if I was in it or not. But yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm just saying. In my, I was talking to my mom the other day. We were talking about something in clothes and all this. And she goes, yeah, I don't remember the last time I didn't see you in a sweatsuit. <laughs> what are you wearing? Hey, years, hey, right? hey, I'm trying not to get make this too weird here, but uh, Rich, what are you wearing right now, buddy? I'm wearing sweatsuits <laughs> with a Dallas, with a Dallas, you know, uh, uh, zip hoodie. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's sweet. Uh, yeah, you can say uh, what you want. <laughs> Whatever, <man>. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Clark, a news director, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. And while I say that about Carteret County News Times, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I saw that your boys, uh, JJ Smith, and I, I don't know why I have a brain. Jack Daly, yes. Yeah, that they have a new podcast. Yeah, they started a podcast. Their first episode's up. Uh, yeah, long time in the making is all I'll say. I know that's something that you've been encouraging them to do for a little bit. Yeah. Have you have you yeah. had a chance to listen to it yet? I have not yet. Um, well, I've actually listened to some of it. I hadn't listened to the whole thing. But, again, it's local sports mostly, uh, which is the niche, as you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it would be great for Carteret County. And they've got, you know, they had uh, – the guy on that owns Carteret Speedway, the first episode, the one they'll do, I think today or tomorrow, we'll have the guy that owns the Marlins will be on it, the, the, not the Florida Marlins. No, 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 your Moorhead City Marlins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, keep it keep it in the in the region here, and uh, hopefully they do well. That is awesome. And, hey, listen, uh, I, I need to get JJ here on the show. Maybe I'll try to do that as a way to promote his podcast, too, but uh, – uh, but yeah, I saw that they, uh, had started a podcast. Has there been any more fallout? Dude, I get, did you know we would do this much Carteret County talk, but, has, <laughs> but has there been any more fallout following, uh, I know I saw that the owners of sensation had sued, uh, the big rock tournament and all that, you know, I, we knew yeah. lawyers, we knew lawyers were going to get involved with yeah, this. We did. We did. Uh, has we there been any exactly updates from that? Uh, none that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Uh, as far as I know, it's, uh, it's they're kind of sitting in now the court situation, waiting for that to get worked out. Um, well, this makes know, me wonder, I, I the winner, the, the and I guess I'm doing air quotes here, the announced winner of Sushi, which, by the way, dude, what a great name for a boat, man. I mean, Sushi, come on, man. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, have they received their check yet, or are they having to wait until all this stuff? Know. I mean, they got a check, but it was the, you know, they <laughs> the did ceremonial one, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you can take that big check. If you, anybody's watched, uh, <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Uh, the, the, well, or the Will Ferrell ABA movie. You know, I don't think the banks will take those big checks. Well, I remember the one in Happy Gilmore. Remember when he was driving that beater around and they'd give him the little yeah. ceremonial checks. He's just, and they had them stacked in the front seat of it. That's what I would yeah, do, yeah. dude. Yeah, I remember, and then Will Ferrell's movie, the guy hit a half-court shot and tried to take the check in. <laughs> what was the name of that movie? Jack, or, uh, Jackie Moon? What was the name Jackie of that Jackie Moon, but that wasn't the name of the movie. I don't remember what it was. Either. Yeah. Keith Spence, anyway. let us know. Spence is listening right now, so uh, maybe he can let us know that, too. Hey, uh, speaking of Spence, I did want to mention this, too. Uh, just uh, last Thursday, I talked about it a little bit on Friday's show, but being off yesterday and all that – Man, I uh, just, just wanted to thank uh, the Kenston Police Department, the Kenston Fire Department, Lenore County Emergency Services, and I know I'm saying this for Keith, too. 
just uh, uh, Perry Management, uh, Graham Spear, all those guys. Uh, you know, we had a tornado touchdown in Kenston on Thursday, dude. That's right. Yeah, and uh, just a quick action. Can you believe, dude? It blew a hole in the roof of the furniture affair. And when I say blew a hole, I'm not talking about all. It's this little, you know, three foot by five foot hole and all. Dude, I mean, it picked the air conditioning. How much do you think an air conditioning unit on, you know, an industrial air conditioning unit sitting on top of a uh, building would weigh? I mean, I wouldn't even dare to try to guess. Uh, 800 pounds, 1,000 pounds. pounds. Yeah, 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 probably so. I Uh, mean, at least. Dude, the wind picked up that air conditioning unit and and tossed it about 100 yards, dude. Okay? Yeah. So, Those things are pretty crazy, man. You, any of the videos you ever see or anybody that's ever been around one, tornadoes are pretty crazy. Well, I, of course, I, that being said, you know, I, I'm starting with Hurricane Floyd, I have a whole different respect for Mother Nature stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't play around with that anymore. Well, I got to tell you this. and Dude, I promise. I promise. We're going to talk NBA here. We've only been going, what, 16 minutes or 15 <laughs> minutes. We've not spoke one word about it. But I got to tell you this about the uh, that tornado that Graham Spear told me. He's uh, one of the leaders of uh, Perry Management. He was out there, and he said that morning, Thursday morning, he was irritated because he, uh, I guess beside the Boy Scout uh, office or whatever, they've got a big dumpster out there. And someone had left a couch out there, okay? Didn't try to put it in the uh, dumpster. They just put the couch beside the dumpster. And he was there, which you can understand. That would bother me, too. Absolutely. You know, take it to the landfill. Don't be lazy and do, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, anyway, after the tornado comes through, Rich, you're going to love this. The tornado picked up the the dumpster, moved it about, I think he said between 80 and 100 yards. Guess what, dude? That damn couch was still sitting there in the exact same spot. Wind didn't pay. How does that happen? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Don't even get me started on those people in the trash. I, yeah. That's a pet peeve of mine. It is mine, too. Okay. Hey, Richard Clark on with us from uh, the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Yes, those are great entities. They're the ones that uh, put the gas in his, uh, in his uh, car and puts food on his table, but he joins us every week to talk NBA and to talk uh, college basketball, all kinds of basketball, too. Uh, well, first, we've not, I guess we've not talked since the draft, have we? we I had you no, on the we morning. Have not. Yeah. yeah, I had you on uh, the morning of the draft last week, and then even the day before the draft. We've not talked since the draft. You called it. I mean, dude, it's not like it was hard to call, but when Bayana going first, I got to tell you, dude, I was. <sighs> Just so disappointed, man. I mean, disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to give uh, the ESPN guys credit to a person. All of them said Brandon Miller was going to go second to the Hornets, Scoot Henderson third to uh, the Portland Trailblazers, dude. And I'm a Hornets fan. I'm not a super fan. I don't live and die with them. But, dude, come on, man. You had a chance to get uh, generational talent in Scoot Henderson. And Brandon Miller may still turn out to be good, but. I don't know, dude. Your your thoughts on uh, Brandon Miller second, Scoot Henderson third? I think it's a mistake, uh, but you know what do I know? Um, and then and I guess time will tell. That's the beauty of getting these things right or wrong. Is typically it takes so long that those guys don't even have jobs by the time that decision has to be made uh, on whether it was correct or not. Um, I just think Scoot is. Let's. I hate to use the term because it's so they overuse it now. But I think Scoot is built different. Yeah, I 
think more. I think there's a higher probability that Scoot's going to be rookie of the year just because of the nature of the business. Um, you know, Victor's going to be good, and and, and but well, I think it's going to take great, a little bit. Don't you think? Um, out of the gate, if he averaged fourteen and six, I'd be happy if I was the Spurs. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to put two. First of all, I wouldn't want to put a ton of miles on him. Not yet. Um, he needs to put on some weight and all that sort of thing. Um, but Scoot's going to probably get to play right away. And if they move Damian Lillard, which I don't know why they wouldn't now, but we'll see. Um, then Scoot's going to get plenty of opportunities to put up some numbers. I, I'm with you on the Brandon Miller thing. I, I just don't see it. But, you know, what do I know? Well, I have said it here on the air. I said it with you last week, dude. If Brandon Miller makes an all-NBA – well, I, dude, he'll never make – in my opinion, he'll never make an all-NBA team. He'll never be one of the 15 best players at the end of the year. I would be surprised if he even made one all-star uh, a game. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, would, go ahead. I do, and I, I 100% do. He, he's okay. not an explosive athlete, and he doesn't shoot like Durant. So what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? That's that's my problem with the whole thing. Um, if he was an explosive athlete at his size, okay, maybe. Or he could flat shoot. But I keep hearing he can shoot. But I've watched the kid, and maybe he just had bad nights on the few times I watched him. But he certainly didn't shoot well when I watched him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I always go back to Cam Reddish because they keep telling me he can shoot. Yet he's played like two years of college and or a year of college and now four or five years of the NBA, and he hadn't shot the ball well, well, well yet. So I kind of get shades of that from Brandon Miller, but we'll see. Yeah, and, and I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope two years from now or three years from now, if we're still doing this show and you and I are talking, and you can scoff at me and say, <laughs> man, you said Brandon Miller wasn't going to do anything. He's already been an all-star twice, was rookie right, of the year right, back I, you know, in 24. Look, I don't wish – I wish all the kids – Oh, of course. I don't yes, want yes, anybody yes, yes, to yes. be bad. You know, we're just doing what we're supposed to do here. And, you know, I don't understand the move. I guess if you're trying to pick for me, but I think that's a horrible mistake in, in basketball. Well, what one of the things I read, and I got to tell you, and it's a lot because of you and uh, you, Rich, that, you know, I mean, I watched a lot of the draft uh, Tuesday night. I mean, I – and then I've read, I've consumed pretty much every piece of media about it since then, and the – Fault is even with Michael Jordan going out and he's, I guess he's still technically until the governors approve it. He's still the, uh, the governor, uh, you know, it just sounds weird saying the governor, he's an owner yeah. of the Charlotte Hornets. Michael Jordan is still until that, but that this was his decision. He was the buck stops there guy. And when, you know, I guess their war room had come up with who we're going to pick it, it's down to these two. He ended up being the final vote. I, how comfortable I, and I know you're not a, a you know, live and die Charlotte Hornets fan, but you're like me. I think that you want them to do well. They're our hometown or our home state team and all that. I don't know how comfortable I am with that dude. That here's the guy. Yes. He's still going to be a minority owner, but dude, I, that why would Michael I, I would Jordan get that, that final a, call? I, I would take that a step further and say, first of all, I think that's probably some floated stuff to protect whoever's <laughs> there now. Yeah. But I, I would say this to that. Why would you ask Michael anything on this? Has he had a bunch of success? Uh, no. <laughs> right. That's my point. So why would you, you know, Mike was a fantastic player, best ever ever was. Amen. But it's pretty clear at this point, 
he's either an uh, 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 absentee owner or he's not very good at it. You know, it's only two ways to look at that. So I don't know. I think that's probably a planet story to protect, you know, those involved. But um, we'll see. You know, Miller may turn out to be the best player in the draft. I mean, there's always that possibility. Yeah. Uh, I, the, you're right. The possibility's there. Do I think it's going to happen, though? No. I think he's – it's like what you and I said last week, and I'm not going to rehash everything you and I talked about him last week, but he strikes me – hey, listen – Will he be in the league 12, 13 years from now? I really think he does. I think he will, man. Probably seen, so. Exactly. Probably so. But I think it'll he'll be like Michael Kidd Gilchrist, you know, or somebody right. like that that, you know, never. I hope he's better than that. Yeah, me too, dude. Well, but remember, what? where was yeah. Michael Kidd Gilchrist picked? Yeah, number two. There you go. Not a lot of, there, if you go back and you look at the number two picks, those aren't, <laughs> those aren't guaranteed success, man. I'm going to tell you what. That list is pretty shaky. It is very so, shaky. Uh, well, how'd you well, like the emotion expressed by uh, Wimbayana when he was picked? I mean, here's a guy that knew, has known since the minute of the, that the, uh, what the hell, he's known all for the last year he's going to be the number one pick. I kind of liked it, man. I mean, I like, you know me anyway. I'm a crier anyway, Rich. You know this. And I, I kind of like when uh, guys express, you know, guys express emotion. Even somebody like Wimbayana who knew has known for the last year he was going to be the number one overall pick. I think this kid is, is just a little bit different. You know, you can make the case. Um, let me pick the right word here because I don't want to make anybody <laughs> mad. Um, I, I think you could make the case that he's been trained for this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, from a media standpoint, he learned English when like three years ago um, to be, you know, better than – somebody who just realized they're going to start working in America. Um, so I think between some of the PR on the side stuff and his nature, because he seems to be pretty affable, quite honestly, um, I think that helped. But before we get too deep, let me, let me tell you a story of how, to, how the NBA changed and basketball in general. Uh, I'll try to be quick. No, go. I, I, watched, I watched the interview with Spurs second pick, C.D. Uh, Cisco, he's from France, but he's from Senegal, right? So they bring him in the in the, the Alamo Dome or wherever they are at, and they interview him. Well, first off, they're going to interview him in English, and because they got French people there, French reporters there for Victor, and and the kids from France, he speaks French. So they're like, so you're going to definitely get two. They find out on the way to the stage that he also speaks fluent Spanish because he <laughs> played in Barcelona. Wow. So now. You know, we're in San Antonio, so now the the Spanish reporter's like, oh, heck yeah. So I sit and watch the interview where this 19-year-old kid sat up there and spoke three languages during the interview, the first interview he's done in the NBA. That's how it's changed. Wow. I mean, yeah, and this kid was great. And a little side note to that, do the European kids seem more mature than our kids, or is that just me? Nope. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and it- – as you were forming that question, that was in my mind. You're right. I mean, Wimbayana, uh, just as well. But again, he's probably a different animal. But some yeah, of those other players yeah. you're talking about, uh, the what was it? I cannot pronounce his last name, but for the Pacers, no, uh, Bilal Kula. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know the other French about. kid. Yep. Yeah, was the other from kid Bilal. From, Bilal, yeah, dude. He was very well spoken. I was very impressed yeah. with him, weren't you? Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. 
I mean, are, are we putting emphasis in the wrong place when he, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll talk off air when we get a chance because <laughs> I got a couple notes on some of that. Um, by the way, check shout out the technology and the world being what it is. You know that I'm on YouTube. I'm looking for something else, and I they send me a FIBA under nineteen tournament notification. I'm like, oh okay, so I click on it. They got the whole tournament live. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Under 19. First of all, who knew Lebanon and them had a team? <laughs> Korea's yeah, but, got but, a team, yeah, and I'm not tell sure. You what I'm th- can I tell you what I'm thinking, though? My w- One of my best friends, Richard Clark, as a basketball junkie that he is already, this is like, uh, you know, someone who's already addicted to something and just shoving a whole bag in front of him, you know? is that <laughs> That's not a bad analogy, is it? Oh, absolutely not, because I watched <laughs> watch like five games. Oh, dear God. Uh, yeah, I watched like Turkey against Egypt or something. No, it's <laughs> Turkey and Korea and Egypt and Japan. And then Argentina played uh, Slovenia. I watched all those. I'm going to tell you what, man, there's some kids that can play out there in the world. You know, I think that's what's wrong with our draft, like the kid from state. You look at the draft and let's ding, put it this ding. Way. No, no, no. Time out. No, no, no. I'm interrupting you for a second because I swear, next on my list. Ask Rich about Terquavian Smith, dude. Get out of my well, damn head, dude. That's where I was going next. Go ahead. Let's put it like this. Okay, you're you're in college, you're in America, and you're a third-team All-American. Okay, so you're in the 15 range, right? Just give or take. Yeah. Let's, uh, all right, so you're 15. I think now you got to factor in at least 10 international players. So now you're 25. Yeah. So do you really want to go to – leave right now and be risked at 25. So, because these international kids, I'm telling you right now, I watched about, I don't know, let's say six kids that could probably, and these are under 19. These are not grown, full-grown guys. There's at least six kids in those games I've watched that can play here. So, well, do the math. Well, I do, like I said, I swear, I've got my little list of seven things to talk about. That was uh, the next one, Terquavian Smith. Uh, Greenville's what own Terquavian saying. Smith from Farmville Central. Dude, I just – I don't know what happened. And, dude, your ears to the ground a lot more on this stuff than mine is. Dude, they, midway through this season – they were even talking about last year. If he had gone out after the year of the last season – I'm not talking about the one that just concluded, but after his freshman year, they were saying that he was probably going to get picked in the first round. That, you know, he was going to be that end of the first round, start of the second round. Midway through this season, Rich, they were, you know, with all the numbers and everything he was putting up, and he really helped, you know, State have a, a very good, very solid season. Dude, I remember even hearing, hey, he's a borderline uh, lottery pick. He's definite first round, borderline lottery pick. He announces at the end of the season that he's going pro. And even at that point, I saw a couple of projections where he was a first round pick. What happened between the end of the season, Richard Clark, and the draft on Tuesday when he didn't even get drafted? Well, first of all, I think whatever those people were, they were wrong because I never thought that. Okay. And okay. most of the people that I, I follow or listen to or, or get my information from, they never thought that either. The problem was he never put together, again, he rests his laurels on being a great shooter, right? Well, he never really put together that run that you need to be considered a great shooter. You know what I mean? Where you, 
you know, eight for 10 for, you know, two or three, four games in a row. I never saw it. I saw a lot of bad shots. But – and then you factor in what else can he give you when his defense is a little shaky and – and well, a lot shaky. And there's no real – there's real no real playmaking or passing or anything else. So I think that hurt him. Because from a physical standpoint, he should have been right in the in the mix. I just wonder who these kids are getting their information. I from. could not say it any better than you did right there, dude. Because I mean, I, I'm, I'm available. Call me because I would have told him, "No, nah, <laughs> man, you need to stay in school." I mean, seriously, I look at this stuff all the time. Yeah. Well, I think I another year, and I can tell you, all our NC State fans, Greg Clemens, everybody that's listening, would tell you the same thing. Even though, I mean, he, dude, he averaged right at 18 points a game, but I mean, I'm looking at his stats right here, dude. He shot 38% from the field, dude. Okay. Right. 33% from three point range, dude. In fact, dropped 3% from his freshman year to his sophomore year in three point percentage. Dude, his game, it just, it, it didn't improve. Dude, he dropped in rebounds, 4.1 to 3.6. He didn't evolve. He did not evolve. That's a good way to put it. You can make the case that his numbers dropped because the team was better. But his efficiency dropped as well. Yeah. Which tells me, see, if I'm looking at it now, that tells me that those numbers that he put up first were on a bad team. Those are hollow numbers. Yeah. Those are Carmelo numbers. You know, for lack of a better, I hate to put Carmelo in that boat, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. But I there's, do. there's a big difference between putting up 20. Look, when I played one year, the only year I ever got cut, I ended up having to play for this association team. I was 25, but we were terrible. Wow. We were terrible. And by the end of the season, I just didn't pass to anybody else because they were <laughs> we were so bad. But, I mean, those numbers didn't mean anything. We weren't winning. They were and wasting think- your assists, dude. That's what they were doing. Well, yeah, we were wasting possessions by not getting a good look. Yeah. But the, the point of that is this. I think we forget sometimes that the actual goal here is to win. And and you see, it was interesting to see some of the parents at the draft. You heard a lot of, we worked hard. We did this. Wow. But then there were other parents that were like, he worked really hard to get here. I, I can say it from this perspective. If my father was up there, not only would he not be toting how great I was because that was not my dad, but he wouldn't take any – he would never put it as a we because it's not his accomplishment. It's mine. And he wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I make the statement all the time. If these recruiters or agents came to my house and put money on the table, my dad wouldn't have been – it would have been a – you know, so fast of them, him throwing them out of the house, it wouldn't have made any sense. And I think maybe that's where some of this starts, that, that the information is just bad coming from bad people and you're listening to the wrong people. But I don't know, because there's a bunch of them. I mean, you got, you start looking at these kids that came out and uh, a good handful did not get drafted at all. So what are you going to do now? Your G League? Well, that's what, hey, uh, Turquoise, Spe- I mean, <clears throat> dude, you set that up perfectly there. Turquavian Smith will be playing for the Philadelphia 76ers G League team. I mean, and I don't know, dude. I mean, you got to think if there were the right people in these kids' ears, they're telling, I mean, they're telling them, hey, stay another year. Listen, the recruiting, oh, it's not even necessarily a recruiting class, but the, uh, Oh shoot! What do you call it? Uh, all these uh, moves that kids are doing now. Uh, yeah, the transfer portal. Transfer portal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it looks like State has had another great transfer portal year. Okay, which is what made them what they were last year. 
with the addition uh, with uh, Terquavian staying. If Terquavian had stayed this year uh, and was coming back as a junior with this great class that uh, that they've put together there, dude, I think his numbers. I, I think it would have been better for him, and he would definitely at least be getting some PT. Now he's going to be playing for a G League team, making I don't even know what they make. I mean, they they can't make anything though, dude. I mean, it's. Uh, what do they call it? A two-way contract or whatever. With right. uh, so they're making minimal money. I mean, I guess he's making money, and that's more than I can say I ever did with a basketball. But I don't know. Let me ask you, Rich, as someone who watches a lot of ACC basketball, watches a lot of uh, pro ball. If I set the over under at let's see, there's 82 games in an NBA season. If I set the over under at Traquavian Smith's NBA career at 400 and well that would be five seasons let's say at uh 200 games that he plays in 200 nba games are you taking the over or the under the under yeah the i'm afraid under. and, and yeah. bear in mind listen we've got an affiliate in uh in greenville and i don't want this to get back because we love us some farmville central and we love us these kids it, this is not saying anything against Terquavian Smith. It's not saying anything against well, NC State. It's that just realistically, he should have gone back to state and played his junior year, I guess is what I'm absolutely. trying to say. What, what are you trying well, to say? Well, and let, let me say it like this. Yes, he should have. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion. I also think that these kids that are at a certain level, they, they're looking at the guys they played against at all these camps, and these guys are coming out, and they're thinking, well, I got to come out too because – Joe Smoke went out, and I was better than him. And the emphasis being on I was better than him. Um, I think for oftentimes it's such a murky landscape with the high school and who's good and who's not, you know, and then they get to college. And, again, these college coaches are not there to get you NBA ready. They're there to win games. Um, Those are two entirely different processes. So I think that – we need to look at these kids. If they want to go to the NBA, then maybe take them to an NBA, to a basketball academy or something like the Europeans do, because it's not – I know college people, college fans are going to hate me for it. College basketball does not prepare you for the NBA. I've said it here before, but it doesn't. And you look at the top of the draft, and it's getting worse every single year. You're getting more of these guys that chose to play somewhere else. Excuse me. You Go ahead. Yeah, I, you remember when La, when uh, Lamelo came out, and and the big thing was, well, we don't know the talent he played against in New Zealand was blah 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 blah, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're telling me that that talent that he played in New Zealand was so much worse than the college basketball talent. That, that hindered his success? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I know. You follow what I'm saying well, here? I do. Yes, I do. Because obviously that's not the case because you can make an argument that LaMelo is the best or second best player in that draft. So what are we talking about here? Are we talking about you want him to go to college because you're going to benefit from it or are you? is it something that's going to benefit them? And I think the one and done thing is not beneficial for a college experience. It's not. If you want them to go, I think they should probably adopt some form of the, of the baseball rule um, and make them stay three years if that's what they want to do. At least that way they can get some real college stuff in 
instead of going one semester through Christmas and then just showing up for class, you know, it's for fair. practice. After no, no, that. no, no. It's funny you say that, dude, because uh, I, the, the funniest thing to me and the most whatever, and, and no, I'm not a Duke fan. Let's say that clearly before I get ready to say what I'm getting ready to say. What you mean? Disingenuous is a very good, but the brotherhood. You know, the brother, no, well, or as I like to call the four month brotherhood, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, these guys that go there, they, like you said, they don't even go to class. And before anybody goes back to Brandon or Donald and think that I'm talking about Brandon here, no, Brandon went, he stayed his whole first year in college, dude. He took public speaking. He took, I mean, uh, he had a freshman level, uh, English course at Duke. I don't even know if you know that or not. Even after he got drafted, he went back and finished his, or uh, before he was drafted, he finished his freshman year. So Brandon is the exception to the rule, but we know plenty of players that have come through the, yes, I'm doing uh, air quotes here, the brotherhood who, you know, went to, uh, you know, these, uh, whatever, these made up courses for the first semester and then didn't go second mm-hmm. semester. Okay. Uh, real quick. And I mean, dude, we're up against it. Uh, we're actually already into the second hour. How about that? Uh, but I want to ask about these trades. I was, I'm intrigued by this John Collins trade that went through last night, John Collins for Rudy Gay and a second round pick. I know Atlanta, you know, and you've talked about Atlanta in the past. I just, I was a little surprised by that dude. Uh, just break down that trade for us. Well, there, I, that Atlanta, they needed to do this. Collins is a, is an in-between kind of guy. And once his shooting kind of left his advantage, cause he's a small power forward. Um, so then his advantage was kind of kind of gone uh, the story is his, he's got a thumb injury that's pretty bad um but we'll see how that plays out at the end of the day uh, the hawks will cut rudy gay or buy him out yeah. and it's going to create it'll create an, a hole for their cap so that they can go out and find somebody else I, I like the move for the hawks i think that that opens up some playing time for deandre hunter and the, the kid i'm not even going to try to pronounce his name from usc um <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think it's a good deal for them, okay. and the and the Jazz get some get a player that they can throw out there and let him shoot fifteen times a game, and you know because you got to spend your money somewhere. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But uh, hey, last question for you here, and let's talk about just the draft itself. It what stood out the most to you? Not win by Yana, not the Scoot Henderson versus uh, Brandon Miller thing. Other than that, what stood out to you the most uh, that raised raised one of Richard Clark's eyebrows? That so many teams passed on guys that could shoot. And there was only a few of them that were legitimate, you know, we thought great shooters. Um, and then Judd Howard was taken so high because allegedly he could shoot. Uh, wow, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I, I really like the Grady Dick pick to um, – I probably shouldn't have said it that way – to <laughs> Toronto. Just keep going, keep going. Let's not rehash <laughs> to it. To Toronto. And I, and I really like the uh, – <laughs> I, I really like the picks that sent the the other shooter, that Jordan Hawkins, that the Pelicans got. Okay. Um, interesting enough, the Hawkins pick is, is going to be interesting because the Pelicans got a lot of wing players, Brandon included. So what are you going to do in there? You can't play uh, all those guys. Uh, dude, Trey you Murphy's there. I mean, yeah, dude, you've literally got five good oh, yeah, they need a new coaching staff. Yeah, they do. 
Yeah, that's half the problem is they don't shoot enough threes. And But again, I, I, I liken Zion to Lamar Jackson, although Lamar plays and Zion doesn't. But what I mean by that is you got to build the entire team around what Zion does because he's so unique. But then when he's not playing, where does that leave you? Yeah. That's why I would have moved off of that if I was them. But, you know. No, I agree with you. Listen, Richard Clark, uh, next well, – now, we, I won't be here next week. We won't, we won't be doing a show. I'm taking the week off next week, going to D.C., going to go catch the Washington Nationals game, then a couple of wow, days – another and, vacation. Good Lord. Dude, you don't even know. And then two weeks after that, we're going to <laughs> – dude, we're going to Seattle, Alaska, and Tucson over a two-week period, okay? So, I'm oh, off. Wow. You're going to love this. God. I'm taking next week off. I know, dude. You can't hide money, right? I'm taking uh, right. <laughs> I'm taking next week off. Then going to be back for nine days, not even two full weeks for nine days, and then off another two weeks. So, uh, but we're we're going to have some fun summer shows. I know you've already sent me uh, your redraft from 2016. I'm looking forward to us going over that, and I think we're we're going to have some fun this summer as we get ready for the NFL season and get your get. You know, we're going to do uh, ceiling and floor again like we did last year. We're Rich, I've got the numbers right here in front of me. You did pretty damn good last year, man. We're going to see if you can do as good as you did last year, too. But, Richard Clark, thank you so much. I will so see what, you. Were you off, like, the next three months? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I'm off three of the next five weeks. <laughs> hey, I'm off three of the next five weeks, so how about that? Hey, dude? enjoy it. If you can do it, enjoy it. Hey, dude. <laughs> thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you in two weeks, okay? Thanks for having me. See you, dude. And that'll wrap up our first hour. Coming up here in our second hour, Angelo Keys live from Texas here on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.